My next guest is the co-host for Taub Kweli's podcast, The People's Party. She is also an up-and-coming actress and comedian. Introducing Jasmine Lee. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Jasmine Lee. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> there we go. So I see you doing all these different things like vlogs, podcasting, acting, comedy, but I don't really feel like I know like your start. So how did you get started oh. with any of this? Let's start from, I think the first thing you did was acting, am I correct? Yes. So, uh, well, first of all, I don't know when this is going to air, but today is my seven year anniversary in L.A. Oh. So for seven years, I've actively been um, pursuing the profession of entertainment. Um, I wanted to act from as long as I can remember. My mom used to like pay me to a dollar to die in front of her friends because I had this like amazing dying scene. Um, I was a thespian in high school. Um, and I also used to have like my own pretend talk show called Jazzy Jazz Says. And I used to take like the little Home Alone Walkman, well, recorder thing and I would interview my family. So I guess that was my start. And I got to LA because I was actually working at Houston's in Miami. And one of my coworkers was doing acting classes. And at this point I kind of had already just like gave up on acting. I just didn't really think that it was going to be, you know, mm. a realistic dream. And I actually had went to culinary school because I said I wanted to be a celebrity chef. So I was working at Houston's as a server and doing personal chef work and stuff on the side. And she said she was going to acting classes. And I was like, oh my God, I want to go. So I went and I audited her class that she was at, but I didn't really like that class. And then um, I was on Craigslist and I saw an ad for another acting class. Wow. And it was, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was just, it was just more money than I spent in a lump sum, but I was like kind of deciding if I was going to do it. And so I called my mother and I was like, Hey, um, there's this acting class you think I should do it. And she said, well, if you take the acting class, I'll pay for it. So I started taking that acting class. It was like an hour away from Miami. So I was doing that. And then how I got to LA is I actually um, auditioned for Hell's Kitchen. Oh. And this was the third time. I had already auditioned two other times. And this time they called me and they were like, hey, we want you to audition again. And I was so close to making the show that literally if someone would have broken their toe, I would have taken their place. Wow. So they had flew me out to LA to meet the producers and everything. And that was my first taste of, oh, wow, this can actually happen. And it's funny because my father said, I think you're going to end up in LA, but I don't think it's going to have anything to do with cooking. Mm. And so when I found out um, I was so close to doing Hell's Kitchen, I kind of made up in my mind that I wasn't going to come back to Miami. So I kind of like started preparing to leave and not come back because you don't find out till like a couple of weeks if you made the show. So you kind of have to, you know, they, they leave you like, because they don't want you to have, I guess, too much time to prepare. And so I decided that, um, if I made the show, I was going to move to L.A. and I was not going to come back because they pay you enough money whether or not you make it to the end to where I could, you know, have a good start in L.A. And I didn't make the show and I was devastated. And then um, I found I didn't make the show in October. In November, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move to L.A. anyway. And February, here I am. Wow. Seven years later. So that's how I got my start. Wow. Yeah. What did it feel like in that moment, though, when you found out 
that you didn't make it? Like, is it still like fresh in your mind or like, how did that? I was really depressed. I I remember. And I didn't Mm. really know that it was depression that I felt, but I just was like, I was in Miami. I had a, I had a great job. I loved my job serving. I got to meet so many different people. I made really good money, the most money I've ever made to where it gave me the um, flexibility to even do personal chef stuff. But I just, all I did in Miami was work and party, work and party, party work. And I remember I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what am I doing? Um, I was always, I always had like smart quote unquote friends. It's like all of my friends, like, you know, they were either with the corporate, well, at this point, mostly everybody had went the corporate route. So they were Mm. like, you know, doing well in their professions. And I'm just still kind of like hanging around. And it's like, I'm known as a party girl. So everyone's just like, oh, you know, you're just partying. That's what you do. And I'm like, I don't know if that's really just what I want to do. And just had a talk with myself. And I was just like, you know what? You're going to move to L.A. And I really, really, really thank my mother because um, I actually got really nervous about moving to LA because my friend that was supposed to move with me, he was like kind of flaking. Mm. And I was just gonna go back to New York where I'm originally from. And I was like, oh, oh I'll just pursue it in New York. And my mom was like, I don't think you're gonna put in the same hustle if you go to New York, you know, your family's there. You have like, you have a fallback system. It's not gonna be, and she's like, and you're not gonna be out in the cold. <laughs> going to auditions and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So she pushed me and I went to LA. But yeah, oh, yeah. that that feeling, it really sucks. Especially yeah. watching the season and then like, that should have been <laughs> Who took my spot? And really, it's not your spot because it was your spot. Yes. I would have had it. I have um one of my guests from Seattle. He um made it to the auditions to the Rhythm and Flow competition for Netflix. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that should have been me. I made it to the auditions, but didn't make it to the final cut. So seeing like st- that stuff like still progress, even if you're not on the show, you're like, it yeah. was, it's like the world should have ended because I'm not on that show. But I it's know, still I know. Like, no one should be on the show. The show's canceled, whatever. You know, because it was this other show, I think it was called Euphoria. Oh. It was a reality show. And that show got canceled, but I was about to be on that show too. Mm. Yeah, like um, I think I was already in LA. I was already in LA for that or whatever. But um, I was gonna be one of the replacements, and then they canceled the show. So it's just like, damn. Hmm. So it's like, uh, close but not not close enough. Yeah. What what brought you to Miami from New York? Oh no, I went to New York, and then my mom moved to Florida. So I went to uh-huh. high school and college in Tallahassee, and then um. I was originally going to move to Atlanta, but I just needed to get out of Tallahassee. My best friends at the time, they had both um, had children. And it was kind of the same reason of how I left Miami. Like, what am I doing here? I'm stagnant in Tallahassee. I don't like it. It's really nothing to do after college unless you're, you know, working for the Capitol or whatever. So my uncle lived in Miami and I just called him up and I was like, hey, can I come live with you? And he said yes, and I left two weeks later and stayed with him for six months until I got on my feet and then moved closer into the beach. Damn, fucking having a family support system is so important. Like What? Yes, it is. And I'm so happy I have such a big family, and I have family members. I have family members pretty much everywhere but here. Oh, man. <laughs> I have a cousin that's here, but I moved here before him. But family support, 
I, I mean, people that make it without it are really just super, super strong because sometimes you just got to have that push when you're doubting yourself or friends, you know, you just sometimes when you're like, oh, I want to take the easy way. You need to really have that person that's not going to be a yes man. And I'm like, yeah, let's take the easy way. And it's going to be like, no, I think you can put a little bit more effort and get what you really want. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool. You've been in like three New York Miami, LA, those are three completely different like media scenes too. So you probably completely learned about, different. about media, huh? Yeah. Um, actually, originally my major was in journalism. Oh, sure. Um, I was a PR major and my uncle was like, you're not going to be able to do anything with PR. You need to change your major. And for some reason I listened to him and changed to political science concentration and pre-law. So I was going to go to law school and, um, but I, I, my freshman year, I remember all like, because you have to take uh, the prerequisites. So you're kind of taking, you know, public speaking, all of that good stuff. And I, I just always loved media. Like I was on the newspaper when um, I was in high, um, middle school. And also uh, my middle school had like, a, um, they had their own news team, which I was mm. so mad that I came to that school late because I wasn't allowed to be a part of it because, you know, they already had their people in place. But I've just, I've always wanted to be on screen. Like, that's just what I've always wanted to do. Hell yeah. So you said you went to college in Miami also then? or No, I went to college in Tallahassee, FAMU. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. And that's all in Florida. I, haven't, I think I've been to Florida. It's like, all mostly. in Florida, but Miami is so much different than Tallahassee. Like, oh, it, it's, it's understandable that people don't know. Because people like my New York family be like, oh, I'm in Florida. And I'm like, where? Miami. That's eight hours away. Like, oh, you're not shit. anywhere near me. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big state, huh? Huge difference. And when I, when my mother said we were moving to Florida, I thought beaches, palm trees, and Tallahassee is not that uh, <laughs> at uh. all. Yeah. So, what did you learn about yourself through like going to like these different states? Like, you probably learned something from New York, something from Florida, something from LA. Now, are there little things um, you learned from each? Well, from New York, I definitely got my no-nonsense attitude. I'm definitely, I'm a go-getter. I'm a hustler. I don't take no for an answer. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I have a good talk piece. I can talk my way into a lot of things. It's been a lot of situations I've been in when I had no idea what the fuck I was. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I curse on here? Of course, yes. <laughs> okay, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. But, you know, I figured it out. And that's that New York mentality. You just get, it's sink or swim. And uh, Florida, I would say, I learned more. I, I'll say Tallahassee and Miami, I'll separate it. In Tallahassee, I learned how to, you know, somewhat of Southern hospitality. So it's like, I was already kind of like a New Yorker by heart, had New Yorker parents, but they definitely taught me a little bit more about hospitality, learned how to dance in Florida. Oh, yeah. uh, and um, I really, I really love Tallahassee for that. And then Miami, I learned how to be an adult because even though I got kicked out at 17, so I was living on my own, my, my parents were still down the street. When I moved to Miami, that's when I really had to like grow up because it's like, it's a doggy dog world out there, especially in the hospitality industry. So you just kind of, you learn to survive. You learn to survive. Um, In LA, I've learned how to be myself. I learned how to be free. I learned how to um, not care what anyone has to say about me. I learned to um, just fully embrace Jasmine. And from the outside looking in, it already seems as if I was like fully embracing myself just because um, 
my personality is still so much more extra than other people's. People don't didn't realize, you know, all the insecurities I had or all the times I was holding back. But once I got to LA, I just, I was like, this is for me. This is this is for me. I remember the first time I partied in West Hollywood and I couldn't drink because I was driving oh, and yeah. I don't believe in, in you know, Good drinking job. and driving. <laughs> and I just had so much fun sober. I had yes. so much fun sober. I ended up dancing on the street with some random person. Someone came up to me and was like, oh my God, you guys are so talented. And I'm not a dancer. We're just fooling around. But it, you know, someone on vacation, they're just like starstruck. And I remember, I was like, this is the place for me. This is the place I can be loud. I can wear what I want to wear. I can I can just be extra. And it's not looked at like you, people are not turning their noses up at me. So I, I love LA the best. Hell yeah. Is yeah. it the culture or is it the people or is it a mix of everything that you like? I It's definitely the culture. Um, the people, I, most of the people I hang out with are not from LA. They're from Florida. Most of them are from Florida, actually. And um, yeah, most of them are from Florida. But uh, I don't know. It's just something about the air that just makes you feel free. Mm. Like it just, it just, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it just opened me up and it just pulled things out of me that I was just, and maybe it also might've been a little bit of nobody knew me. Right. So I could completely recreate myself and instead of recreating, I just found, okay, this is what I, I like to do. And then just being out here more and more, it's just, I'm just finding myself every, every day. It's like, I find something else that I love. I find something else that I'm like, oh, well, fuck you if you care about that. And it's just, it's just amazing out here. Hell yeah. What do you feel about COVID in Florida? <laughs> I went to Florida to visit my mom and it was giving me anxiety a little bit because I had been, I was pregnant during the quarantine. I mean, during when COVID started. So I like fully quarantined. I didn't leave the house for a minute, mm. a, a, at least six months. And then I remember I flew to Atlanta, um, like in, uh, I think June. But other than that, I had just been home. And so I went to Florida for Thanksgiving and we went to the mall, which I hadn't been in an inside mall. And it was just so many people wow. thank god most people were wearing their masks but it was just like oh my god is there not a pandemic like what, what's what's going on but then the next time when i went out of town i went to atlanta like a month ago and i found myself being lax too like mm. i was so nervous once i got home because while i was there i was going out to eat it just felt good to be free and you know i still wore my mask but i went out to eat like almost every day and I don't know what I was thinking about my pockets and about my health, but you know, yeah, we made it. I took my test and I got back quarantined and I was good. So, Are you hopeful that COVID will end anytime soon or? Of course. I'm ready to get out the house. I'm ready. Yeah. My daughter's getting to an age where now, you know, she can take a bottle and go chill with somebody. I'm ready to get back on the comedy stages. I, I, I just need to release like, not being on stage is like one of the hardest things. It's been almost a year in March. It'll be a year. Actually, it's it's been a year now because I stopped doing shows. I think like I didn't do shows like the month of February because I was starting a show and I wasn't really ready to tell him when I was pregnant yet. Mm -hmm. And then in March, I had a show where I was going to announce my pregnancy through comedy and it was canceled. So it's been a year since I've been on stage. Mm -hmm. The longest since the longest. I had not been on stage before that was maybe a week. Yeah. 
I definitely mm-hmm. feel that. Like, um, I have like multiple studios that, like around the Seattle area, and they've all been closed during the pandemic. So like, I've been just recording in my fucking guest room, and it just looks it looks. I just all you need is like a wall in a corner, basically. But it's definitely, I prefer doing things in person and being at the studio. Of it's, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel like people that like are in media in whatever shape or form, they kind of had like the inside scoop about COVID before people just the normal person like of course people were surprised about covid canceling tours and stuff like that but i feel like the people i know at least they kind of like they accepted it a little faster than people who are not associated yeah, with media and have to be around sure. people for sure i i agree my mom actually told me about covid i want to say december mm. and she was like oh watch where you're going i'm like i and <laughs> i was so ignorant And I was like, oh, I can't eat sushi anyway. That's what I said to her. And I was just like, oh, my God, how ignorant can you fucking be? But, um, yeah, and then I remember, like, when we filmed in January-ish, February, like, we were, like, people were talking about it because I remember I asked for my separate fruit and stuff like that. I didn't really want to deal with that. And people probably just saw us being a diva because they didn't know that I was pregnant yet. But, Mm. um. Yeah, we shut down right away, especially L.A. L.A. was not playing any games, but it was cute at first. We were like, oh, whatever, two weeks. And then two weeks turned into a month. Then a month turned into two months and then six (sighs) months. And it'll be a year in a a month. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, though. The first case of COVID in the United States happened in my county. Oh, wow. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yep I remember my mom was like it's it's in this state now it's in this state now it's in LA watch out I'm just like it, it hit us like crazy I I, I it, it's just frustrating because we could have been out of lockdown if it would have been handled totally differently but you know yeah. no need living in what ifs yeah I feel like everyone at this point has gone through every single emotion with COVID at this point though <laughs> yes now we're at acceptance yeah it's it's a mess. So I've heard you've been doing Zoom shows, though. Like, how did yes. you feel about that? Do you think it's even remotely worth it? Um, It's definitely worth it. And I, I feel better every time I do a Zoom show. Not going to lie. Um, But I would much rather have the people. It's the adrenaline rush of you walking on the stage, grabbing the mic, talking your shit, and hearing the audience laugh and having that con- like I'm used to talking to people literally like every night if I didn't have a book show I was doing an open mic mm-hmm. like I was on stage like every night pretty much so it sucks but at least you know you get to get your jokes out there you get to get tell your stories because I'm sure um my friends are tired of me trying to slip jokes into our conversation it's like <laughs> you already said that and I'm like ah, I need to I need a release so mm-hmm. I, the zoom shows are different but I don't mind them Right. Okay. Oh my gosh. Adorable. You want to introduce her? <laughs> oh, this is Marco Lee. She'll be six months next week. Oh my gosh. I love her. And hair. she loves the camera. <gasps> She's smiling. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so we covered how you got into acting. How did Anne's cooking? But how did you get into comedy? Okay, so I was actually working at comedy. I was working at Comedy Union as a server, 
in Comedy Union's a Black-owned uh, comedy club out here. And so I was working every night and I'm just looking at the comics. I'm just like, wow, I think I could do this. And then I reached out to one of the comedians I saw perform every night and I told him I was interested. And he actually like sat down with me for like two hours going over the fundamentals of comedy. And then I still didn't do anything. And then um, I remember I used to do, I was doing like background and audience work and stuff like that. But I was doing a promo for the Queen Latifah talk show. And I told them I had to leave by a certain time because I had to go to work. And they asked me where I worked and I said Comedy Union. And they just assumed it was a comedy show because they were like, oh, you're so funny. We should have known you were a comic. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I'm not a comic. I'm just a server. And then the producer, he was like, I dare you to get on stage by June such and such. And I missed the dare, but I did get up there um, in January. And so um, it definitely, I, I, I kept the dare in the back of my head, even though I was not ready when he actually dared me, I was like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And it was actually a little bit harder because I already knew so many comics or whatever. I feel like if I didn't know anybody, it would've been a lot easier. And when I got up on stage, I was like, oh, I love this. I want this feeling every single night. And, you know, I started uh, focusing more on comedy for a bit than acting and um, until I could find like a balance. But um, I, I absolutely love stand up. And uh, the fact of that I did improv and that I have acting skills gave me that stage presence. So, mm. you know, it all works together. And how long have you been doing comedy now? Six years. Oh, wow. Yep, six years as of January 26th. What's your favorite, the first memory that comes to mind that's like your favorite comedy memory? Doing a show? I would say my first show. It was at the comedy store, which I didn't even know how big of a deal it was. Wow. It was a bringer show, which means um, you have to guarantee a a certain amount of audience members to come to the show. And I remember it was this old white couple sitting in the middle. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to hate my jokes. My jokes are full of sex. And just they're just gonna be like, oh my goodness, get this girl off stage. And I remember I got on and I started my set and they were laughing like the hardest out of everybody. And so that was one of my favorite moments. I I, I loved it. Hell yeah. What are your opinions of the comedy store now? I know like I listen to like, Joe Rogan all the time and he's bringing all his friends to like Texas and Everyone's all that. Everyone's in Austin. Um, I don't know what the comedy store is gonna do. I, I hope, I'm hoping that they make it through the storm. I love the comedy store. I met some of my best friends there. I'm literally there every night. It's like family there. Um, it's like my cheers. So I hope hopefully they push through. Um, they haven't really been doing any online shows like Laugh Factory has, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping it comes together. And I'm, I really hope that people start to come back to LA because there are a lot of heavy hitters that are in Austin right now. But I love L.A. so much, I don't want to leave. I feel like it'll, everything will migrate back here. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you do podcasting, too, as well as being a comedian, Like, do you feel like you tap more into like one artistry more than another? Like, Are you focusing more on like the comedians and what they're doing, or are you focusing more on like the rappers and what the music scene is doing when it comes to COVID? I actually, my focus is still on, on comedy and acting. Um, I definitely, I, I don't really, uh, I, yeah, my, I, I've learned as I went along for podcasting or whatever. So, and then as I do, you know, other interviews with other people, I'll take like certain tips or something here and there. 
but my focus is still comedy and acting. I absolutely love hosting and I would love doing, um, you know, um, hosting uh, game shows. I love hosting award shows. I'd love to do all of that, but that can, you know, lead me into acting. That'd be great. Terrence J, that's how he got his start. Um, he started off doing 106 in Park and then put his foot into um, acting. And I feel like as long as you have the skill, it doesn't really matter what thing gets you there as long as, you know, you have the skill to back it up. Hell yeah. And it seems yeah. like you, you got that support system and it seems like you're pretty good at making connections. So Networking. Thank you, FAMU. They definitely yeah. taught me the art yeah. of networking. And I... And I'm not I and I'm not afraid to hear no. I feel like that's what separates me from so many people, as I said earlier, is that I will ask what I want to ask. And if you tell me no, I'm just like, oh you know, it might be a little awkward for a second, but you know, you might say yes, and then I'm like, all right, cool. Hell yeah. I, I think of it as their loss, not mine. It is their loss. It yeah. is exactly their loss. Cause there's people like when they hear and know those, it just, it's crippling for them. And then, mm -hmm. but you gotta be resilient. Yep. So how'd you get into podcasting? Um, actually I met Talib through technically Jeff Ross. Okay. Yes. Jeff Ross. And, um, he just said he was interested in starting a podcast and he was looking for, a, um, a woman co-host. And I was like, sure, I'd of course be interested. Like, uh, thank you. And we just started from there. And here wow. I am uh, almost two years later. It'll be two wow. years in May. So you must have given On this a wild ride. You must have given a really good impression then. That's insane. I'm just always myself. I'm always myself no matter what. And, um, you know, people are drawn to that, especially in LA when there's so many people trying to be someone else. Genuine people are always, you know, people always want to be around genuine people. And I feel like I'm a genuine person. Hell yeah. Did you know much about podcasting before starting your podcast? Nope. Nope, I didn't. Wow. I did not. Now, I was doing my Jasmine's World show, um, which wasn't a podcast. It was like, um, it was like a talk show, kind of like late night show meets, meets Ellen. And I did do um, Jeff Ross podcast uh, quite a few times. But um, I never did my own thing. Hmm. So mm -hmm. when it comes to like comedy and acting, is it more about getting the right gigs or knowing the right people? Like, it, is, I feel like. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. You definitely, you, a lot of things in entertainment are, are word of mouth. So if you, you know, they're going to, if they're going to keep pushing their friends or they're going to keep pushing people that they've already worked with. So it's very hard to get into the door. Once you get into the door, it's a little, you know, it's, it, it never gets easy, but if you get into the door and you show that you have the talent, then people, and people want to work with you, then you're going to get things. Um, my acting career has still not taken off as much as I would want it to, but I feel like as I'm focusing on podcasting, like I said, I'll get into the door to do that. But um, one thing I'll definitely say is you just want to make sure that you make good connections with people, that you're nice to everybody, you're a genuine person, because a lot of everybody has talent, but you don't want to work with everybody. Mm -hmm. So is podcasting more of something you think of as like a side thing or do you feel like are you are you trying to figure out which medium you want to focus on completely or do you like just being a jack of all trades? I love being a Jane of all trades, and Jane but I, my focus is on podcasting right now. 
and on building my brand um, through finally getting my vlogs out there, doing YouTube videos. Um, the sketches and stuff, I tried that, but it's not fully for me. I feel like I would like to just, um, if before I get on like actual acting gigs, I'd rather just, you know, showcase my life because I, I do feel like that I inspire people and I love being an inspiration. I love sharing any gems that I've learned. So um, right now, podcasting and my YouTube channel are my focus. Hell yeah. So the podcast is part of, it's part of like a company or something, right? Like how? Uprox, yes. Okay, cool. So how much do you have a say in the podcast versus Talib versus like a management? Like, is it solely your guys and they just distribute it or how does that all work? It's Talib's podcast. Um, and I, I'm not really sure how that even goes. Um, but it's Talib's podcast. I do get say so. And you know what I'm asking or they haven't really asked anything crazy of me. Um, if I, do think a guest is right, you know, I can say, hey, maybe we could try this guest. Mm. <laughs> maybe we could try this guest or maybe we could try that guest or whatever. So my voice does get heard, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it is Talib's podcast. Right. Do you feel like, when I when I listen to the podcast, it seems like you're, you're, more, more, you're more focused on, like, doing the research on the questions and just asking straight questions versus it seems like he's more able to express like how he feels about a certain thing and like geek out more. Like, do you feel like you have less of a voice versus when you're doing like a, a vlog or a, your own podcast? Of course, even? of course I'll have, yeah, I will have less of a voice when I'm doing a vlog because um, it's his podcast and I'm his backup. Hmm. When it's me doing my vlogs, it's all about me. So that's one thing I have also learned um, doing people's party is to play the back seat because Typically, anything that I do, I need to be the lead. It needs to be all about me. And um, I'm learning to be able to work with people. I'm learning learning to be the supporter, the supporting actress, in a sense, instead of the lead actress. So it, it teaches me every day. But, um, yeah, so that is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you been able to build up some pretty cool connections, though? Or is it more like yes. he's bringing on his friends that he knows in the industry and you're just talking to him or like, Cause that's a pretty. You've been having some. You guys have some heavy hitters on the podcast. I'm like, yes, shit. we do. Um, everybody, you're not gonna connect with, but the people that I have connected with, I've gotten tons of numbers. I probably would have never gotten, or I wouldn't have gotten as soon. Um, and I try to just. It's it's very funny when it comes to celebrities because the first step is getting the number. The second step is getting them to respond back to you. So you got to kind of be real strategic on what you're texting because mm -hmm. you don't, you, you got to build a, a relationship before you start asking like say advice or, or for favors or anything like that. So I'm really good at knowing like what to ask so that I can get a text message back or things of that nature. So um, I definitely have gotten a lot of connections um, through the podcast. I also got to um, work the red carpet for the Warner Music Group um, mm. pre-Grammy pre pre show. And oh, so that's something that, you know, I definitely want to do more of. That was right before COVID hit. So I probably would have been doing more red carpets had uh, COVID not kicked us out of red carpets. But yeah, definitely, it's definitely very beneficial to be on the show. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning so much. It's, I'm learning as I go instead of having to go to school and learn these same practices. Exactly. So what things have you learned about like podcasting specifically? Do you like know like how to reach out to specific guests now or like how to create your own podcast? Like what are some? 
Well, I kind of already knew how to reach out to guests because I was doing my Jasmine's World talk show for mm-hmm. a year and a half. But I'm just just better interviewing skills. Um, just I read the comments, and even though sometimes they're, you know, they're not so mean anymore, but they were like mean, like, what is this girl doing here? Blah blah blah. Mm. But like I've learned to when you're doing an interview, the <laughs> interview is about them. Let the guests talk. You know, listen for understanding. Don't just listen to ask your next oh. question. And just to make sure you engage with people. Mm-hmm. Who's your Who's your favorite guest you've had on the show? Lil Kim, for sure. Oh shit, hell yeah, for sure. Because I absolutely love Lil Kim. I was obsessed with Lil Kim, even though you know little girls really shouldn't be. But you know her, all her, she had a lot of commercial hits. So you know they were um, they were edited. Uh, they were edited or whatever. So um, I really, I really. Okay, give me a second. <laughs> I really loved interviewing her. Okay. Yeah, I really loved interviewing Lil Kim. And then a fun thing that happened with that, I had just did her song in um, karaoke, like literally that Monday. Oh, and so I showed her the video of me doing her verse with Mar- Lady Marmalade. And that was so cool because she watched it and she was like, oh my God, send that to me and follow me on Instagram. Um... It was just like fangirling out like I was just like oh my god I cannot believe this I do little Kim on karaoke all the time and one of my favorite songs to this day is still crush on you her verse so and I that's like if they put a gun to your head and tell you to rap a verse I can do that verse so (laughs) hell yeah and I also really like Jada Kiss because I got to rap on that show that was awesome too (laughs) I love Jada Kiss so much she's like one of my favorite rappers of all time that little wheezing thing he does. That. <laughs> yes, yes, I love Jadakiss. He was great. And that's crazy. You guys got Macklemore. He doesn't really do that much press. So the fact oh, that, that okay, I didn't realize. Yeah. It's a lot. Now that's a good thing about vir- um, virtual shoots. We are able to get a lot more people that we may not have gotten because we would have had to, you know, fly them in and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. But um, other than that, I'd still rather be in the studio. Hell yeah! Have you guys flown in guests before? Um, I believe that Talib has flown in guests. That is yeah. awesome! Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah, that's a. Uh... Because I was, I was solely like, what I would do like before the pandemic, I would like if a, a lot of artists like to come to like to Seattle to perform, so I'd be going to the mm-hmm. concerts to interview them. But like, Zoom has definitely opened up a lot of different doors because yes. So yes, many people are just at home so they can do things like this, you know? Yeah. So what is what what has it been like to like raise a family during this pandemic? It's is it nerve wracking? It's crazy. Um, it's definitely crazy. Uh mainly because I'm home having to, you know, juggle so many things with the newborn. But it's 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 fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It is very fulfilling. Um, I love my daughter. I love that she looks just like me. And I love that she's always smiling. Like she wakes up and she'll be like, I'm oh like, oh, let's start the day. She just puts me in a better mood. She's just like, she's just amazing. Are you going to push like acting and stuff on her when she gets Oh, older? yeah. Until she can tell me that she doesn't want to. Yeah. I'm looking for an agent for her right now. So oh, wow. Right as we speak. I just started <laughs> submitting her. Um, and yeah, once she, I mean, she's not going to have to do it as like a job, mm-hmm. like, you know, to pay our bills or anything, but. Hopefully she likes it. If she doesn't like it, then, you know, we, we just won't do it. But 
if she likes it, then I, I mean, I wanted to live in LA and be a child actor. So we're going to try it out and see, but I won't force her. I won't be a crazy momager. For sure. <laughs> momager. I've never heard of that. That's hilarious. You haven't heard? Yes, momager. That makes so much sense. And it seems like a lot of like media outlets are pretty excited for you too. Like I just saw that you did the the fatherhood podcast even. Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> that was super fun. Yeah. I didn't even know I didn't even know they had a second podcast to do that. I didn't either. I actually was just um, you know, he watches People's Party mm-hmm. and um he started following me on Instagram. And I think he had said something about the podcast, and I was like, Yes, I can't wait till I'm like famous enough to do drink champs and he was like well in the meantime we have this fatherhood podcast and we have women on there sometimes i was like oh my god i would absolutely love it, it was so much fun um i yeah. can't wait to do it again it was crazy because you that's just a perspective you would never have gotten from those guys mm-hmm. they were so into it too it was yeah yes they were it was really really good yeah what is that thing have you like i've heard like stereotypes about like the i don't even know if it's a stereotype but, like for like drink champs it seems like they purposely don't have the greatest audio. Have you noticed that? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know if they do that on purpose. It's weird. Cause I don't think like I've noticed that. They have like the craziest guests, but it always sounds like their audio is a little fuzzy. I'm like, what the heck? But it seems like <laughs> it seems like they have a great ass time on there, though. Yeah, I bet. I will. I can't wait till I can be on that show. Yeah, hell yeah. So, what are your what are your goals for 2021? Um, my goals for 2021 is just to continue building my brand, um, get more hosting gigs when the world opens back up. Um, I'm working on a couple of uh, pilots to to shop with a group of my friends, um, my vlogs, getting those out. Uh, and yeah, those are my goals. Hell yeah. Just so- doing, going harder than I did last year. Well, that won't be so hard because 2020 was a dud. But uh, yeah. going hard and getting our um, getting our podcast, like, number one, I would love for us to, like, you know, do some touring with the podcast. That would be super fun. Yeah, you guys have some amazing guests on. Like, I feel like some podcasts, once you, like, step back and look, a lot of podcasts have a lot of the same guests. But you guys have very unique guests that aren't doing tons of media. So that's it's awesome mm-hmm. to have those people on. Yes, that's the perks of solo being friends with a lot of people because they feel more comfortable coming on because it's like, oh, I'm talking to my homeboy. Mm-hmm. Did you ever listen to his music beforehand? Oh, yes, I did. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I was so excited because I texted my mom. I was like, no, tell him Kweli asked me to be on a podcast. She was like, what? Shut up. I was like, yeah, I know. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, Jasmine Lee, what is some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists, creators, influencers? Uh, Make your own table, build it from scratch, and uh, then invite other people to sit with you. And just do not give up. If you put in the hard work, it will come no matter what. I've been out here seven years, and um, most people don't do anything before 10 and I'm already on a very popular podcast. I've already have a lot of stuff under my belt. So if I could do it, you can do it. Do not give up. Hell yeah. I'm, you're just, your career is just going to keep going up from here. I'm excited to see it. I'm too. excited. I'm excited. Hell yeah. And what is the easiest way for people to reach you? Uh, you can, I'll just give out my phone. By accident. <laughs> Mommy brain. <laughs> Call five, five, five. Um, you can reach me on all social media platform, platforms at Real Jasmine Lee, J-A-S-M-I-N, 
L-E-I-G-H. You can go to my YouTube channel. It's called Jasmine's World. And um, my website, www.jasminelee.com. There we go. This is the NAS podcast with Jasmine Lee.